Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and I will be recording by myself today. Welcome to the second solo episode. The intro music is going to be short today because I have no bio to read. Um, but I guess I will tell you, if you haven't listened to the first episode, go check it out. The The first solo episode, it's from March, and it is titled A Tribute to the Artist's Anxiety. I kind of used the first episode to give a little um, insight into what experiences have led me to this point in time and just try to be as honest as I ask my guests to be. Um, so yeah, that was the first solo episode. It's called A Tribute to the Artist's Anxiety and I talk a lot about the past. Um, and in this episode, I want to talk about more recent developments. So that one might just help a bit, but Anyway, yes, this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about just recent things that have happened that I've been reflecting on. Um, Obviously, a lot has changed since March, and I'm not going to super harp on that, but it, it just, it's crazy how for better or for worse, how much can change with, within a few months. Um, So yeah, that's where we're starting today. I have like kind of three stories that I am going to use as an outline for the thoughts that have been going on in my brain. So, uh, story number one. Um, Well, for context, I have been alone for, I guess, like a week and a a week and a half now, probably. My roommates are on vacation and um, I genuinely think this is probably the most time I've spent by myself in a very long time, um, which brings me really back to when I first moved to the city, because when I first moved to the city, I was staying with uh, some family that weren't really around and um, spend most of the time by myself. And it's crazy what living alone can do to you. I feel like people really romanticize it a lot. And as much as I... uh, love my alone time. I am an extrovert and also something something about living alone. It's like all of a sudden every decision that you make becomes an internal conflict. Like if I go to reach for a piece of chocolate, my brain goes, should you do that? Like maybe you shouldn't do that. Whereas, you know, if I'm with friends or my roommates or people in general, you just don't think about every single decision or every single plan you might make, choice you might make. Um, And it's like, you know, just talking to yourself, I guess, Uh, which can be problematic sometimes. Um, I don't know if that's just like a me thing, but um, if anyone else has experienced that as well, uh, I understand. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I also have been alone for the most part because I also just started school. I got accepted into the Columbia Publishing Program, uh, which started this past week. And I mean, well, by the time I probably put this episode out, it I will be knee deep in it. But I had reason to be indoors is my point. So anyway, um, last night, this is, this, I guess, is technically story number one. Last night, I went to meet a girl from the program for a drink. And then afterwards, the lightning game was on. And 
I went to watch it at a little bar around the corner from my apartment by myself, um, which is another thing that I haven't done probably since I lived alone all those years ago, it feels like now. Uh, so, So I sat down next to this girl who, it turns out, was also there watching the hockey game by herself. Um, And we got to talking at one point, which, side note, is just so nice to talk to new people again. I really missed that. And um, a lot of bars in New York now are also requiring you to show proof of vaccination. So for the most part, you know, you don't even think twice about it. Uh, but we started talking and she is in her thirties and I don't even know how we got on the topic of paths. I think that's just like my favorite topic it appears because that's kind of also what I made a whole podcast about. But, um, she was telling me how she studied archeology span in college and now she helps run, um, study abroad programs for kids going to Florence and she had been on Penn State's campus a bunch. So we talked about that. Uh, we talked about Florence. Her mom is from Scotland. Talked about the tension between the UK and Ireland. And just, we just covered a lot of ground. And then the bartender popped in and he was telling us about how he was a journalism major and, you know, didn't end up pursuing that, obviously. Um, and is way happier in his, what he's doing now. And it was just funny because we were all looking around at one point like, oh, you're doing something completely different than you anticipated doing, you know? And I think for the most part, we all seemed like quite content. Um, so then we decided that we would meet again for the next lightning game. I, I forget which one it was in the series, but um, I got her number and we didn't talk about it like we never texted or corresponded at all and then the day came and I was like well I guess I'll just go and see um see if she shows up and I I kind of went like right at eight o'clock on the dot and she was there and it was so cute because she had brought a book like and and it was just like sitting on the bar because she was like I didn't know if you were gonna come I was like I'm here (laughs) Um, and so we watched another game together and chatted, exchanged more of our life stories pretty much at this point. Um, and then her boyfriend came later and by the end of it, it was, it kind of just like, I just felt like I was in a New York sitcom. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but it was a blast and yeah, I don't, I, I, I just really, really missed that connecting with strangers about shared experiences and our lives and I just really missed that and I don't know that I would have had that experience if I didn't go out and about by myself and it can be scary going out in New York alone Um, obviously this place was just around the corner from my apartment but it's amazing who you kind of end up interacting with when you don't kind of have that security blanket of a friend or you know a significant other family or whatever Um, and of course I love all of that too I'm more than happy to also go out with my friends and my boyfriend and my family but I don't it just kind of forces you to 
be more present, I think. And so I have been grateful for that. And in keeping with this theme that I have going about, you know, what path you're on and how things evolve and how exciting that can be and kind of freaky when you don't, when you can't really see the full picture. Um, I will go to story number two. I, I, this might be a short episode, but, um, who cares? Bite size, bite size, thoughtful intentions. Okay. Story number two. When I was accepted into this Columbia program, we got a few assignments that we had to complete before the course started. And they gave us uh, information about who was going to be reviewing our assignments and critiquing them. Um, And just one day randomly, I decided to Google one of the professionals who was going to be doing this with us, reviewing. It wasn't, you know, one of the directors or anything. And I will keep his name out just because that seems like the right thing to do. Uh, But nothing negative, very, actually quite positive. Um, Anyway, I go to Googling and I discover pretty immediately that this publishing professional who has been in the publishing industry for 30 years now actually got his undergrad in theater arts and then studied acting for two years at the American Conservatory And says straight up in his bio how um, balancing auditions and day jobs and acting and then was doing an open-ended temp job uh, for a publisher and kind of it just it just clicked it just clicked for him that that was where he was supposed to be Um, and not only that but he also says on his website like very publicly after 30 years of being in the industry which I think also just made it that much crazier to me and I will quote his website now and again I hope this is okay because I'm saying only positive things I have you know that's all I have to offer actually he says um to my surprise I have found that my training as an actor has served me better as an editor that it than it ever did in the acting world, not just in seeing through someone else's eyes, speaking in someone else's voice, but also in the understanding that every action, every word needs to be in service of a clear objective. My number one belief as an editor has always been that it is not my job to bend a writer's word to my or anyone else's vision of what it should be. My job is to serve the writer's vision by strengthening and clarifying the text. And I just thought that was... I think I think my jaw dropped. I I really actually think my jaw dropped because I've been talking for months about how um because of acting I feel like I have a good sense of how to do another person's voice justice. And ghostwriting too actually has helped me with that, but mostly acting, just being able to take whether it's a brand or a company or a specific person or a writer or whatever, um, being able to really embody what their voice means and the point they're trying to get across and really look at it, um, and justify it from every perspective and just, and try to amplify it. 
And it's stunning to me how that translates. And it was just even more stunning to me that he actually points it out like verbatim on his website still after 30 years in the industry. So of course, naturally that got me super excited about um, this decision and this pivot, which I was of I was excited about beforehand, but it's just that much more reassuring. Um, So yeah, so that was a good story. And so far, so good. Um, Being back in school is weird. I think I kind of forgot what it was like a little bit. Um, But I have always loved school, so I don't really mind. I feel like I have kind of stumbled my way here and I know I haven't, but sometimes it feels that way. So I I just kind of go into it with the assumption that I'm going to learn, you know, and and we're all going to learn and we're going to leave with way more information and way more equipped for um, the road ahead. But it is intimidating. I mean, it's, it's very rigorous and, um, the expectations are high and as, as they should be, I think, but everyone's been super cool. And it's, I mean, the talent is just, it's stunning. Everyone is so smart and so creative and just an energetic too, and super sweet. Um, so I'm really excited to keep at it. And (laughs) I mean, it's weird. It's weird pivoting industries because there is so much imposter syndrome. And I know I've talked a lot about this before. Um, I know Janae and I specifically talked about it on her episode, but you really walk into a room and you're like, should I be here? Like, does everyone know more than me? Um, And even when the answer is yes, that doesn't mean that it should preclude you from being there and learning it. So just reminding myself that I was actually chosen to be here you know that's enough evidence in itself that I'll be fine and I know I will be fine I'm doing fine it's great (laughs) I don't know if that sounded convincing but I do love it it's all things book and magazine publishing but uh it's been mostly book publishing heavy and just learning about all the different aspects from editing to marketing to Uh, managing editorial and production. So it's been fascinating. Um, Here's a fun fact that I didn't know before. All books have a page count that is divisible by 16 and it has to do with the binding, but (laughs) it's just like, that's so, it's so random. Um, So yeah, that was fun learning a lot and uh, working on a lot of stuff um, and trying to absorb all the feedback as quickly as possible and apply it. And it's funny, I've been thinking about this a lot, at least in terms of feedback. I'd actually rather be critiqued for, you know, writing or for assignments than uh, (laughs) for my voice or for my acting. It feels like less of an ego trip in a certain way. So anyway, yeah, going with the flow, I guess, is how I would sum that up. 
going with the flow and keeping, uh, I keep reminding myself that, especially with all the examples that keep getting put in front of my face, everyone is like, oh yeah, I'm doing this now. And it's probably also because I did this other thing that has informed my decision later. And so it's, you know, I just, the universe keeps throwing me examples and I'm trying really hard to trust the process. So yeah. And that brings me to story number three. So, um, I guess I sound kind of like kumbaya about it all now and, and probably, a little more confident about going with the flow than I actually am internally, but it just depends on, I think it depends on the situation. So story number three is a recent situation in which I really kind of struggled with going with the flow. Um, and it's a bit of a larger conversation anyway, because it is about singing. So, um, for those of you that don't know, I grew up doing musical theater. I, you know, if you listen to the first episode, you probably got that down, but my dad is also an Irish musician and much of my family are Irish musicians. And so when I was like 12, my dad kind of tried to get me into singing. And this is, I mean, rightfully so. At this point, I was doing musicals anyway, so it made sense for that kind of, you know, learning Irish songs. That made sense. But I was very shy. And especially because he would call me out at parties and just be like, like parties at our house, be like, oh, do this song. And then, you know, his friends would come up to me and be like, I heard you're doing a song. I'm like, I'm not doing a song. <laughs> like kind of like, freak out because musical theater was so regimented and it was so rehearsed and it was uh, as as perfect as possible at every given opportunity and folk music just isn't like that I mean most music isn't really like that it's not that's not the point it's not to be um perfect it's it's to share a story and a message and and an emotion you know, at the heart of it, especially in folk music, because it's an oral tradition. And I didn't even realize that. Honestly, to be completely honest, that did not register with me until 2019. And that might sound crazy, but it didn't register with me until I was in an acting class, actually, in New York. And our teacher had us learn songs in like whatever our ancestry was in in their original language um not for the purpose of singing well but just for the purpose of showcasing that we have the universe inside of us that each of us has the universe inside of us that's that's what he was um going for which might sound a little silly if you're not like in that world but I learned this song in Gaelic thanks to a family friend who is Jennifer O'Riordan, who is um, from County Cork, and she taught me this song. It's called Were You at the Rock? The Gaelic translation of that is Unrev tu Aaron Garrick. Unrev tu Aaron Garrick. I've never spoken it before. It's weird. It's hard to say without singing. (laughs) So anyway. She taught me this song in Gaelic and I did it in class and it was literally the first time I felt like 
connected to my ancestry in a way that it was like moving through me. Like I was a part of it. Um, I was like a vessel for it. And that is just a completely different feeling. At least in terms of singing, it was definitely the first time I ever felt connected to like the bigger picture. I felt like I actually was passing along an oral tradition from my heritage um, and that I was a part of something. Like it wasn't about me. You know, the the song, the performance, none of it was... I was just sitting in a chair. It was very low stakes, but it was about sharing this message. It wasn't about me. And that was kind of the point. And it worked. And I was like, oh my God, like (laughs) Irish music is about like sharing this tradition. It's not about me. (laughs) It sounds probably so narcissistic, but that's not how I meant it. I mean, singing is just one of those things where if you are not really confident about it it's just it's super vulnerable and it's like you're sharing a part of yourself um kind of opening up in a way that is just just special and scary and exciting um so it does feel personal it always feels personal and it feels like it is about you and it's it's nice to be reminded that it's not. Anyway, singing. So my relationship to singing has been funky and I worked on it a lot over the years. Um, I have really, really, really tried to let go and just enjoy it because musical theater just put something in me that really took away a lot of love and a lot of the fun of it. Um, and just made me really self-conscious in a way that has been so hard to shake. Um, and I don't feel that way about all types of performing, but there's just something about singing that it happened that way. Um, so with that said, I was recently in Tampa visiting my boyfriend, Dean, and, um, his dad is also a musician, um, among other things. And I kind of offered to, you know, do some songs together just for fun. And we ended up doing them at this pub. And I was terrified. I mean, I'm always nervous uh, when it comes to doing things like that, which is funny because I literally did like three St. Patrick's Day gigs with my family back to back one like this past St. Patrick's Day weekend. Um, but I don't know. I'm always, I'm always nervous. Uh, especially because these are not, these were not folk songs. They were, uh, Creep by Radiohead and The Joke by Brandy Carlisle. Both songs that I actually love doing, but I was nervous. I was freaking out. And tried to quiet that nerve and um tried really hard to go with the flow and I did and it was fine everyone was cheering and super supportive and just great vibes good energy I was happy (laughs) for the most part um and it felt good like I I knew it wasn't perfect but it felt good but the second I sat down this random lady starts talking to me and she starts telling me about how 
what did she say? She said like, oh, you know, you just have to be more confident and then like, then you won't like go off pitch every once in a while. Like you just, my cousin goes to Juilliard and so I know some of these things and you just, you just really have to like sell it to us. Like you have it, just like fake it till you make it, just sell it, da da da. And I was like nodding, like, okay, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, And in the inside, I was like, I need you to stop talking right now before I have to leave. Like, I just need to, like, there wasn't even, there wasn't even a minute of separation between what I had done and her comments. And it was super overwhelming. I mean, I don't really care. Like, I can take... I don't really care. I can take direction. I can take criticism. I also am a p- pretty aware of myself. Like I know the um, my strong suits and places that I can do more work on. Um, but I don't know. There was just something about like the way that I needed a moment between what I had done and what just like interacting with people. Um, it just made me kind of think about the type of performer that I am. And because, you know, for someone that studied performance for years now, and, and as a college degree, I understand probably why to anyone else, it would be weird that I would not get up there and literally soak in the spotlight and the limelight and what have you and jazz hands and all of those things just like a very enthusiastic performer that's not really that's not really me so I was just thinking about it a lot I was trying to grapple with it and I think I came to the conclusion at this moment um that I am just the type of performer that likes a degree of separation between myself in the audience I think actually that's probably why I liked film better than I thought I did and and probably why I also you know don't mind theater when it's on a stage as much as like performing in small venues in front of or in parties like in front of people that you're about to immediately talk to as well because when you don't have that grace period to just kind of walk away from what you have just left on that platform that stage whatever it is I guess it maybe it kind of feels like the performance is also your personhood versus like a piece of art that you drew or painted and is now a separate entity. You know, it's not an idea that lives inside you anymore, but, you know, performing because it's your body, it's hard to have that same luxury of this art is now a separate entity from me, um, especially when there's no degree of separation between yourself and the audience. And I, I don't know if I'm getting way too over analyzing this, but um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I had never really noticed that um, about myself or hadn't noticed it enough to be able to identify it. But like, I still, of course, that art is still a part of me. It's just. I can look at it more objectively as an outsider once I've walked away from it rather than when you're still kind of living inside of it and it becomes a little bit more overwhelming.
to try to multitask in that way and like have those conversations. So yeah, that conversation just really threw me like right after I had sang at this bar with my boyfriend's dad and his brother, which was again, a blast. And I would do it again. I would do it again. But, um, (laughs) now I know that about myself. (laughs) Like, where's the green room? Give me like a second to breathe because I'll be a much, um, much more, uh, responsive human and be able to handle that better when I have walked away from it. So with all of that about singing, I decided to tack on to the end of this episode um, something that I recently recorded on the floor of my living room for my dad for Father's Day. I wasn't home for Father's Day this year because of my course. So I just sang a little acapella rendition of this Irish song called Blooming Heather. I think it probably has another name too, but that's just the one I call it. Uh, And it turned out pretty well. So I'll just tack it on at the end and you can enjoy it and hopefully see where I'm coming from when I was talking about the Irish music stuff earlier. So yeah, those were my three stories for this episode. Like I said, a little bit of bite-sized thoughtful intentions. Um, so thank you so much for listening as always please check out the instagram account it's at thoughtful intentions podcast you can uh, follow if you feel inclined and i'll just be posting more soon about who's coming up next i hope it'll be soon because this course is kind of you know obviously taken most of my time so if i can squeeze some more interviews in there soon i'm going to and I have a lot of people I'm really excited about and I can't wait to share. So yeah, I think that's all. Listen to any of the previous episodes that you haven't heard yet. I am really proud of all of them and enjoy Blooming Heather coming up right now. Oh, the summertime is coming and the trees are sweetly blooming. And the wild mountain thyme grows around the blooming heather. Will ye go, lassie, go? And we'll all go together to pluck wild mountain thyme. All around the blooming heather Will ye go, lassie, go? I will build my love a tower Near yon pure crystal fountain And on it I will build All the flowers of the mountain Will ye go, lassie, go? And we'll all go together To pluck wild mountain thyme All around the blooming heather Will ye go? Lassie, go. If my true love she were gone, I would surely find another 
pluck wild mountain thyme grows around the blooming heather. Will he go, lassie, go? And we'll all go together to pluck wild mountain thyme all around the blooming heather. Will he go, lassie, go? Let us go, lassie, go.